0: On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So... Now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Welcome to the island and to the summer series of Max's Island podcast. Summer on Max's Island is a time for us to review the stories from the past year, especially those that have really captured our interest. Obviously, 2020 was COVID crazy. Today on the island, we'll recap with excerpts from three episodes from those storytellers who were directly affected by COVID isolation and they were all away from their homes. Each of these stories were from a time when the first COVID wave was really taking hold in Australia and around the world. It'll be interesting to see whether things have really changed that much. Kate had been on a career strategy that involved working between Perth and Melbourne for some time. But once lockdown in Melbourne started, she was stuck there. She reflects on what this does for her business, her career choices, and also gives an insight into her experience of other businesses changing their models to cope with this new world.
1: So I'm stuck in the lockdown of Victoria, which for the rest of the country seems to be a very foreign place. And for anyone who has options outside of Victoria, it is a very foreign place. So the situation for me was one of fly in, fly out. I'd been coming into Melbourne for over two years now. And um, by March, I was a year and a half of fly in, fly out, having businesses both in Western Australia and working on some contract work here in Melbourne. And the opportunities in Melbourne uh, were placed there for me after 21 years corporate world with Property Group Hawaiian. And the growth opportunity for me from that corporate level position was to go to a bigger marketplace. That's how Melbourne drew me in and a great opportunity working with a great building company. And I have a few colleagues who, like me, were stuck once the um, government here in Melbourne said we're going to go into lockdown and we all expected it to start on a Wednesday and it didn't it started on a Monday. So to arrange between Sunday and Monday night to get out wasn't as what we expected we thought we'd have a bit more time. So there's a number of us stuck here in Melbourne that all had no intention to be in this position so It's a state of play, but it's it's what you deal with and it's presented points of great focus just as much as it's presented points of great frustration. The reality is I'm a very social person. So business was always done over lunch or breakfast or drinks after work or a dinner. And that can be very distracting. So the meeting content of those catch-ups was usually about a tenth of the meeting and the rest of it was just enjoying the company and eating and drinking too much. So the reality of working from a set location indoors locked down, is you stick to the meeting and you spend less time on the distraction of socialising and, and engaging with each other. It saves a lot of money, uh, but it's pretty focused in how quickly you get through the business at hand as much as it is... Um, you aren't distracted on other things so you can actually achieve more during a day. So there's a a good side to it, but you do find that you'll work longer hours. For some, they're worried about people working from home having productivity uh, outcomes and they worry that they might be hanging the washing out at mid-morning or they might be dealing with pets or something. I think for most, it's not a case of that at all. I don't know anyone who is not doing a good 14 to 16 hour day because not only is there the work to do and you're focused on it, there's no distractions or less distractions and everyone is just driven to prove their value. So they're not part of a program of trimming overhead and trimming resources. Perhaps we're just going to have relationships with people that are actually true and meaningful to us rather than forging relationships we have to because of a workplace environment. We'll have functional, effective working relationships and hopefully we'll get more time to focus on the really meaningful relationships separate to that because we're not being called to or feeling obligated to invest in uh, relationships that are more part of the hierarchy and politics of an organisation. Um, than is necessary. That does, that does not seem to happen on uh, work from home or virtual working environments.
0: Misty chose to go to Melbourne for a short-term personal visit, but due to a unique set of circumstances, became a casualty of the Victorian lockdown. She had a place to stay with her partner and could still teach via remote learning opportunities, but it still was not easy. Her comments about the impact on her mental health are insightful and give a clear understanding of really how tough it was. Misty also predicts what Victoria would be like when the lockdown was over. So let's see how close she was to the truth.
2: I got to Melbourne early in June. I I came here, so I have a partner um, in Melbourne and, and, and a partner in Perth. So I came to Melbourne to see my Melbourne partner. Uh, we hadn't seen each other for three months and were really keen to reunite. Uh, I made sure that I had my return pass all approved before I left. And um, yeah, and I intended to stay here for four weeks.
0: That's interesting that um, going to Melbourne in June is you know well into the pandemic. And obviously, even in WA, we're actually starting to come out of the the lockdown situation. So it's interesting that that was the time that you travelled to a place that hadn't quite yet had the second wave or had had the situation that's facing now. So you really were a victim of circumstance.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I actually ended up extending my stay for a week, which is where it all fell apart, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) If I had just come back when I'd planned to, um, I would be home now.
0: What are you doing with your time in Melbourne?
2: Well, I'm I'm really lucky to have uh, a place to stay with my partner. I'm really lucky to have work that I can do remotely. So I, I'm teaching at Curtin and I'm doing that online and, and I'm working on my PhD. So all of that stuff can be done remotely, which is, which is really lucky. How
0: long did it take you to realise that actually this might be a problem for an extended period
2: of time? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it took a long time and that it was that period of time that my mental health really started to take a nosedive. So, uh, you know, for, for a while, uh, when, my, when my pass to return to Western Australia got cancelled, I um, was told to reapply. And I thought, because it was two days before I was supposed to fly back to Perth, I thought that they might approve it before my flight. So I kept my flight, <laughs> um, and then yeah, the day before my approval hadn't come through, so I rescheduled my flight to the following week because I thought, oh, maybe it'll just take a few extra days. And I just I just kept not hearing back um, and rescheduling my flight, so I ended up uh, cancelling my flight because I just needed some certainty. It it felt like I was in limbo and that's a really awful feeling. I think that um, once once this stage four lockdown is finished, it will probably go back to stage three, which is what lockdown looked like in Western Australia when we had lockdown so it's still it's still gonna be hard for a period. I think, If we ever get to a point where we don't have to worry so much about COVID over here in Victoria, I think people will probably be wearing masks a lot more just generally, at least until there's a vaccine. Masks have become a fashion accessory in Victoria, as you know, Victoria does. Um, (laughs) And um, I'm certainly not going to be letting go of my peacock mask anytime soon. So yeah, I I think things are going to be weird. And I I do think they're going to be weird for a long time. Uh, At least, at least until there's
0: a vaccine for this thing. Gareth is used to working and living remotely all around the world. He's a seasoned professional and has adopted a totally flexible approach to work. So being stuck in Bulgaria during the first wave of COVID was an experience he took in his stride. Nonetheless, it wasn't without its challenges. And during his story we are given a clear impression of how Bulgarians reacted to the crisis and how an Aussie with limited use of the Bulgarian language got accurate news. We also find out about how he prepared for the complicated journey home.
3: If we looked at my passport over the last eight months, I've been hitting it pretty hard. There was a considerable amount of uh, travel in Europe I left Perth um, eight plus months ago with the idea that I would come back within a short time frame. I was off uh, for a little bit of, uh, for a work gig. I found my way to Denmark and then Dubai. And then I was meant to go uh, back home to Perth via Cambodia. Um, Ended up getting a gig in Pakistan. So then went directly from pakistan to bulgaria and that was my first stint in bulgaria and then i have been bouncing around europe um semi-based in bulgaria but um doing a lot of work and play uh in europe and it took me till i think feb uh to get back to perth and i was only there for a month and really enjoyed being back uh, in the fold or back home my other home and then yeah just uh in march i uh wrapped things up and came back to Bulgaria and it wasn't it wasn't two or so days being in country that we then had a state of emergency declared so I think those those stamping of the passport and the running around the world is officially over Um, and this is this is home based for a while the place I live uh here in Bulgaria so it's 300 kilometers from the capital city of Sofia it's a place called Sliven weirdly this town is is like completely um not off the map it's not that remote but it's just un uh, unremarkable to a lot of bulgarians so you, you you explain to a bulgarian that you live in in sliven and their 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 next question is why like why do you live there
0: yeah. um,
3: but interestingly locally there's a group of young people who have just started up sliven's first craft beer brewery and their tap house is about a hundred meters from my house and it's been so delightful to, you know, uh, kind of see this, you know, like craft beer in Australia is well-established and yes. you know, it's gone from being kind of indie, you know, microbrewery to like everyone's doing um, craft beer as part of their, their mainstream production and things like that. It's highly commercialized and obviously it's getting that way here. It's getting a little bit more, yeah, mainstream, But it just, it's like the most hipster thing in the world. But like, you know, I was in Sliven before it was cool, and I was like hanging out at a local indie craft beer place uh, before other people knew about it. So finding these like little gems of, I guess, like parts of the economy or cultural stuff that are just starting up, and you get to be involved in this kind of beginning phase of things, it's been really exciting. And obviously, Europe's got a really established wine culture, but the craft beer um, has been a really interesting. yeah, a really interesting uh, learning point, particularly here in in Sliven. And it's good to be able to support them as well. There are specific things that uh, Bulgaria is doing. So, you know, I think I arrived on the 12th by the 14th, we had a state of emergency and it lasted for a month. And then partway through this first month, they've extended it for a second month. The state of emergency was relatively strict from the get go, so no, Shops that were not uh, pharmacies or, or supermarkets were allowed to be open. And kids were already off school, so they they just didn't go back. And interestingly, they were off school because there was higher rates of flu. So it was kind of like a flu break that they were already on anyway. Um, and that was already an established mechanism if you know, there's a bunch of flu going, going around, kids stay home uh, from school for that. So things just kind of went up a gear. And then most recently, now in our second month of um, state of emergency, there is kind of more specific guidance. So we it's mandatory to wear masks if you go outside. So you have to wear a mask um, outside. And they've also started to restrict kind of parks and public spaces. So it's a little unclear if we're kind of allowed to exercise. So essentially, the idea is you only go out if you're seeking medical care, going to a pharmacy or going to a supermarket. However, you're also not allowed to go to a park. So like, I understand that in the context of jungle gyms and, you know, don't go hanging on a park bench with friends. Uh, But in terms of I live next to a mountain range, is it still okay for me to go hiking and things like that on a mountain trail away from other people? And I am doing that on a relatively regular basis because otherwise I'd be a lot crazier. Uh, So it's nice to get out and actually do that. But the other layer that I was mentioning before is really interesting because it's sleuthing. Like, it's very different to be in Australia as in an English-speaking Australian listening to bulletins, getting new advice and stuff like that. But for me, like my, my Bulgarian is not strong enough to be listening to, you know, state media. So I have to go via, obviously, uh, English uh, websites and then also like checking in with my Bulgarian friends is like, oh, well, what does that actually mean for for how things are going? So that's been really interesting as well. And and I guess it's really helped me think through the empathy that, you know, if you were a, you know, a backpacker, or if you were someone that was uh, a bit more transient in a space that you didn't speak the language, like you know, how would you, as a non non French speaking uh, traveler, work out new policies as they emerge uh, in France or Italy or or whatever it is? Um, so that's been interesting to think through as well. In terms of like the actual planning ahead for six months, it's going to be really difficult because June, like first week of June is when my visa uh, runs out. So unless there's some sort of amnesty for people in the Schengen zone or outside the Schengen zone, depending on the visa and, and their location, uh, to extend or, or you know, uh, overstay in some way, then I'm definitely going to have to leave. And the only place I, I have as, a, as another home base is Perth. Perth would obviously involve a... Flying through some sort of transit hub and at the moment, uh, it's slim pickings with Singapore and Hong Kong and a lot of my traditional transit hubs are not taking any transit passengers. Qatar is one airline that's still running and that might be an option. But yeah, it's essentially like a weird domino effect of do I get amnesty? Can I stay longer? If not, how do I get from my city to the capital? Is there a flight going from that capital to somewhere else that's a transit hub? Does that transit hub have any flights to Perth? When I get to Perth, what does quarantine look like at that point? And that was a lot about my uh, decision-making process. To before I get stuck in Doha for two weeks, or you know, can get to London but can't get out of London, why not stay as long as I can in a place where I am at least you know sorted out for the first three months of this. So yeah, six months is a long way away. So I don't know. June June will be the next milestone and I'm hoping to get some clarity on what that all means. But yeah, I have to wait and see.
0: I look forward to bringing you another episode in our summer series soon. And then I'll be introducing an exciting lineup of new visitors to the island in 2021.
4: On the way home from work, he was lost in the details of life Each day was a blur, old work and old play And how, how had it turned out this way bin every sense was engaged his mind was as clear as the sky completely alone no emails or phone and